HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Sam Edwards. I'm third generation cure master from S. Wallace Edwards and Sons in Surrey, Virginia. We support the Heritage Radio Network because we believe in the cause and what they're doing. They're supporting family-raised livestock, small family farms, uh, certified humane, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free. Basically, we take the products from Heritage Foods USA and make them into uh, Serrano-style hams, prosciutto-style hams, bacon, sausage, like my grandfather did. You can find us at Surrey Farms. Dot com or virginiatraditions.com You're listening to Cutting the Curd hosted by Ann Saxelby You're listening to Cutting the Curd hosted by Ann Saxelby you're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Our show today is being produced by Jack Inslee and sponsored by S. Wallace Edwards and Company, some of the greatest uh, hams in the United States. Um, we welcome you to uh, contribute to our Twitter feed at HRN Updates. Uh, call us at the studio at 718-497-2128 if you have any questions, or send us an email at info at heritagefoodsusa.com. So today, our State of Cheese series continues as we explore the world of cheese and dairy in Louisiana. With us today is Richard Sutton, owner of the St. James Cheese Company in New Orleans. Uh, thanks for joining us, Richard. Are you there? Yeah. Hi. How you doing? Very good. Good to talk to you. Yeah, great, great to have on. Thank you. Um, I remember I first uh, met you. I think we we opened our shops just right about the same time, um, and I met you at the uh, at the Essex Market. Um, so yeah, it's good to good to be able to connect again. Yeah, no, it's always been one of my uh, one of my favorite places to visit in New York. Although I don't get up there very often anymore, but uh, yeah, it's a neat uh, it's a neat spot there. Thanks. Yeah, that's the trouble about opening a business, right? Then you're like, okay, well, yeah, I used to do that. Used to travel. <laughs> used to get out. <laughs> I remember when. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you open your shop? Uh, we opened our shop in 2000. Uh, what year is it now? 2010. Six. 2006. Okay. So four years ago. Fantastic. And um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your business, how you started, your background, how you ended up in the world of cheese? 
Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, it's. I, I guess maybe it's like a lot of people. It's it's sort of uh, kind of a combination of accident and I don't know, general job dissatisfaction and that kind of thing. And uh, it, it really it goes back uh, about eight or nine years or so. Uh, my wife and I had both had sort of professional careers. We were living in Philadelphia, and we decided that something that didn't really work out very well or didn't really fit very well for us. So we, we left our jobs and we decided to move to uh, London, England, because my wife is uh, a dual citizen. So we just decided that since we could, we'd just go over there. And <laughs> hey, why what, not? <laughs> see what would happen, you know? And, um, and can I uh, ask what and, you guys and, were doing in, in Philadelphia uh, before? Uh, well, my wife was in public relations and I was in banking. Okay. Okay. And... Uh, and, and we just, I don't know, you know, we had, we had sort of the settle down in the house and all that kind of stuff. And it just, I don't know, we, we felt maybe we weren't quite ready for that. So Good uh, for we you. decided to introduce a little adventure. So, so we packed up and moved to London. And, um, and as we do when we tend to arrive at new places, we seek out the nearest cheese shop. And as it happened, the one that we, uh, we went to was hiring. And we needed some, some work pretty quick just because... London's kind of expensive. Yeah, uh, to be unemployed, and so uh, and then you know when you work at the cheese shop, you can usually you know get a little bit of cheese for free, which is always good. <laughs> yeah, I mean you get a little cheese for free. You certainly don't certainly don't make a luxurious living uh, at, at the cheese shops, but uh, but it, it at least helps pay the bar bills a little bit. <laughs> and no. can I ask what that cheese shop was? Uh, it was a cheese shop called Paxton and Whitfield. And oh, sure. In uh, it's in St. James. It's 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 not not quite as uh, globally famous as uh, as 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 Neil's Yard, uh, but it's a very old cheese shop. It's about two hundred two hundred fifty years old, something like that, in the smack dab in the middle of uh, of London. And it's it's a pretty cool little place. And, Is that uh, the place that um, supplies Queen Elizabeth with all of her cheeses? Right, right. We had we have the uh, as a, as a lot of businesses, particularly in that part of London, have we had. A couple royal warrants for um, both the uh, Queen Elizabeth and the Prince of Wales, and in some ways, the the the, the I mean, it's it, it, it's sort of like any other professional relationship, really, that 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 you might have with a with a chef or something like that. I mean, pretty much, uh, you know, it's 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 a working proper commercial kitchen that has banquets and functions and things like that, and they need to get their cheese someplace. Uh, so, uh, as it happens, that's that's what they did. But it was a very it's a very old relationship that goes back into the 1800s, I think like the 1870s or 1860s, something like that, when they started supplying the royal household and, and had done ever since. And uh, it was pretty exciting. Wow. So did you ever um, did you ever cater any of their events while you were working there? Uh, we didn't get to cater any, although we did. Uh, we also supplied cheese to the House of Lords, and um, they had a, uh, an annual uh, opening of that. Uh, I guess it was the opening or closing of Parliament, but anyway, it's 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 there's basically I think two days a year when the Queen actually goes and speaks in front of Parliament, and it's called opening of Parliament or closing of Parliament. She sort of lays out her agenda, and it's sort of a, a lot of pomp and ceremony. But they have a um, they have these big banquets there, and we were um, responsible for doing this great British cheese spread. Um, uh, that uh, for all the, the the members of Parliament to come and enjoy, and it was uh, that was pretty cool. So we got a lot of fancy people there. Wow, wow, that's crazy. But never the queen. I never met the queen uh, in person, only only her chef. Well, hey, that's like way closer than like everyone else on the planet. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you worked at Paxton and Whitsfield for a little while, and, and then uh, what, what happened next in your trajectory of cheese? Well, you know, I, I guess it, it, to, to, to take it back like a, a, a step, 
one of the things that my wife and I had always uh, uh, entertained was the idea of moving back to New Orleans, where, where we both went to, to undergrad school, went to Tulane, and we both wanted to go back to New Orleans, and, and New Orleans being a, uh, a city of, of fairly um, limited um, businesses. I mean, you've kind of got the port and the hospitality industry and a few other things, um, law firms, but not a whole lot else. Neither neither of us could really figure out exactly what it is that we wanted to do if we would ever move back here. And and as we were working at the cheese shop in London, it, it kind of dawned on us this idea that we would go back to New Orleans and open up a cheese shop, because one of the things that was always a little bit peculiar about New Orleans, a city that is, is renowned as a food lover's town, um, never never really had anything like that. In fact, it doesn't really have any specialty food shops at all, and that's changing now, but it uh, you know, we'd always remembered from being at school and from years after that that we'd go back and visit that there just really weren't a lot of specialty food shops, if if any, in 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 the city, and we thought that was a little bit strange. So so that's uh, you know we we worked at this this cheese shop, decided that we really rather enjoyed being in that business, and you know it it really just felt good for us, and um, and and that's when we started coming up with this plan to, to to come to New Orleans and open up a shop. Wow! So then, uh, so you open your shop, and can you tell me a little bit about um, what kinds of uh, cheeses and other products that you guys focus on? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, but my, um, you know, the the other than a personal interest in cheese that I'd had for for a long, long time, uh, you know, my experience in 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 cheese was defined largely by what I did at Paxton Whitfield and running running that that little shop there, and and. Uh, one of the things that that Paxton's did that was a little bit different from Neil's Yard, you know, and I would say that at least in London, you know, Neil's Yard and Paxton Whitfield and one other shop, the Fromagerie, were really kind of the the, the best cheese shops in the city. There, um, you know, Neil's Yard is this this absolutely diehard, you know, traditional English farmhouse cheeses, and that's all they sold was you know very select few um, uh, English farmhouse cheeses, and uh, much like I, I would. I would say, you know, your model is up at um, up at your cheese shop in, in Essex. Um, for us, because of the relationship that we had with the, the rural household and other wholesale relationships that we had, you know, we needed to sell a little bit of everything. We sold a lot of English stuff, and we were heavily English cheeses, but we had to sell other stuff, too, just because that was what was demanded of us by by our, our customers. And when I came to New Orleans, you know, I, I, I really uh, I sort of entertained the idea of being a, a purely American cheese shop, but one of the things that, uh, again, we, we took into consideration in opening up our business here was uh, a, a need, I think, to service uh, wholesale customers, because we, we didn't believe that um, there, was, there was enough volume, it was a big enough market here just to survive on retail alone. And that's so interesting, because, you know, you were mentioning being the only cheese shop in New Orleans, you would think that um, you would have, uh, you know, that that... that traffic would kind of uh, come naturally. But, um, well, we can talk about that in a second. Um, but, yeah, go on uh, about your philosophy of well, in, what Well, in, in any event, I, you know, what, what, what we wanted to do was, <clears throat> excuse me, was, uh, was to be able to, to, to approach, um, um, uh, you know, restaurant customers here and, you know, retail customers as well and, and be able to find a way to um, capitalize on some of the things that I learned while working in the cheese business in Europe and learning about European cheeses and bring some of that uh, back here as well as bring in some interesting American cheeses. And 
you know, like I said, there wasn't a lot uh, going on down here before we got here. So uh, to some extent, you know, that was, you know, we were the first person, and I guess if, had we done one way or another, uh, in retrospect, probably it would have worked out fine. But that was what we felt at the time. We felt that um, what people would want down here was something that was, you know, really just brought things from everywhere to to, to New Orleans that, that people didn't have before. Spreading spreading the curd in uh, in New Orleans. So so that's interesting. So you guys um, started off with a mission to not only be a retail shop but to sell to wholesale customers. So um, that you guys are really kind of like cheese evangelists for the whole for the whole city then because it's oftentimes through chefs that people first discover artisan cheeses, you know, when they go out to dinner. Um, and so that's great. So your shop is really, you know, bringing a lot of, uh, a lot of cheese love and cheese education to, uh, to New Orleans. Well, that's what we really wanted to do that. And, and, and we were very fortunate, I think, that we had a, you know, sort of a very, you know, welcoming, welcoming and enthusiastic re- re- response from a lot of the chefs in town. Um, you know, New Orleans has lots and lots of, of sort of single, um, you know, single location restaurants, you know, independent local, you know, guys that, that you know, uh, chef owner operated kind of restaurants. And uh, so they've got a lot of flexibility. And, and we really, um, like I said, we, we got a really uh, strong and, and um, good reception from those guys and a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of interest. And to me, I, I think, as a, again, as a, as a cheesemonger in, in, a, in a market, like I said, that, that um, you know, I, they're just not that many people walking around that would have a need to to, to 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 walk into a cheese shop on any given day, just because of the density of population here. You know, we were concerned about uh, the the possibility of, you know, it's the ups and the downs. It's if you know, it's a quiet week and or, or, or a quiet couple weeks or a quiet month or whatever. Uh, I, I worried that that we wouldn't be able to turn our our inventory over well enough just on the retail business alone to be able to 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 sustain the quality that I you know that I wanted to offer. Absolutely. And that's why we 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 really wanted to I and mean, it was part of the plan and we didn't know if it was going to work but it was part of the plan to approach these chefs to uh to to not only uh help us spread the word by putting, you know, quality cheeses on their menus but but also really as a partnership to help us keep our inventory turning over so that we can bring in fresher products so that we can bring in more product uh, and thereby get better prices and, and a better selection. And it just kind of, it's, it's a very natural partnership to me for, for, for a cheese shop in, in our environment where uh, there aren't a lot of specialty wholesalers, you know, or, or retailers of, of any kind in the area. Um, you know, that's the kind of relationship that we wanted to build. And, 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 and you know, that I don't think that works in every market, but, but we felt it would work in, in a market like New Orleans. And so... Let me ask, who were some of the early adopters in the restaurant community for you guys? Boy, you know, we had, um, uh, I, I, I guess, I'd say our first customer was a guy named uh, John Harris. Okay. Uh, Whose um, uh, who's restaurant in town, Lillette, is not, not very far from us and uh, one of, I think, a really uh, excellent restaurant in town. He was probably our first customer, and Donald Link uh, who is perhaps better known outside of, of the, the city of New Orleans, Donald Link from Herb Sane and Koshan and um, uh, a few other ventures, uh, uh, was, a, was a, you know, in the door literally within 
a, a couple of weeks of us opening. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? How chefs just sniff you out. That's that's great. And so, but, oh wait, go on. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, but but you know, it, it's it's sort of been a steady flow, and and, and it's a very you know, the, the city is a small city, and it's a very tight community. So so in some respects, I think that helped word spread rather quickly and, and you know now we work with you know the emeralds groups and bat john besh and 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 you know commanders and m- most of the, the the restaurants that people might might have heard of outside of the city you know have at least at, at some occasion or another come and, and bought cheese from us so um that's, that's been that's been good for us so the plan is working and so and let me ask you this so h- how are your expectations met or um exceeded hopefully by the the retail side of things well, I think in, in some some respects, you know, one of the questions, the greatest fear that, that we had before we came here, and it was sort of a question that my, my dad put to me, he said, you know, uh, there aren't any cheese shops in New Orleans. And I said, yeah, that's right. And he said, well, maybe there's a reason for that. And I said, oh, <laughs> interesting. So, um, you know, our biggest fear was what if we opened up and nobody came? And, and, and I would say in all respects, um, you know, the business is, has uh, grown by by a much greater degree than we ever expected it would um, in in this period of time that we've been open. We we just didn't. It, it wasn't. You know, we, we we turned out we were kind of way off the mark in our in our estimates, which was very good in some respects. Obviously, because you know we you know, proved that there was something here that we, that that people were interested in. Um, but it did. Um, you, you know, within you know within a year of of opening the business, we we already realized that. You know, we just didn't design the business to operate the volume that we were we were having to do, wow. and that's been very difficult for us over the the, the last few years. It's just trying to find a way to keep, keep it all together and uh, and you know grow the the I guess I don't use a big word, but grow the infrastructure of our business uh, at a pace that matches the growth of the business. You know, so that we're not you know, overextending ourselves on the back end and then getting getting killed. So it's 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 been a lot of trial and error. We've had some really some really difficult months where we just have been really uh, really struggling to keep up. And then we've had periods of time where you know we were able to buy the building that we're in, which was a which was a great blessing. But you know, the first year after we did that was was very difficult because we had you know we took on a lot of expenses in doing that. And sure. you know, we we're kind of waiting for the business to catch up. And so it's it's you know it's introduced a lot of um, a, a lot of problems you could say that we didn't expect, but obviously I think you know you and I probably can agree that those you know being 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 too busy is a lot better than being not busy enough. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, we have to take a really short break, um, but when we come back, um, I want to hear uh, more about uh, your business and uh, talk more about cheesemakers in Louisiana. So stick with us sure. on cutting the curd. So 
We are back on Cutting the Curd. This is the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and today we are talking the state of cheese in Louisiana with Richard Sutton, owner of the St. James Cheese Company in New Orleans. Um, so, Richard, can you tell us a little bit about um, cheese in Louisiana? Um, how many? Do you know how many cheesemakers there are in the state? Well, uh, to, to my to my knowledge, at this point, there are there are two. Um, there was a third cheesemaker that uh, existed before the hurricane. Um, that um, that for either reasons related to the hurricane or other reasons, anyway, um, disappeared after Katrina. Okay. Uh, so we've got two. Um, uh, producers in the state and then we've got one other producer in in mississippi that i guess you could kind of treats new orleans as their home market even though they're 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 across the state line uh and uh the first one is one i'm sure some of your customers and you you, you've probably heard of is uh bittersweet uh plantation dairy sure which was um owned by chef john uh, john fulse and um and, 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 in fact, I think they were just in Culture Magazine this month, um, a big spread on some of the triple cream cheeses that they make. Oh, awesome. Yeah, um, what, they make that fleur-de-lis and the, uh, right. the Gabriel. Fleur-de-lis, fleur-de-teche, Gabriel, Evangeline. They all tend to be names that are, you know, of some significance or another to our part of the world down here. And they're really nice cheeses. Now, they don't keep uh, any of their own um, they don't, they don't produce their own milk. They, they buy in their milk. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do a really nice job with the cheeses they make. And there's uh, a, a couple that are, are a little maybe less known outside the area. He makes a, uh, a blue cheese called Bayou Blue, which is really wonderful. It's kind of a Maytaggy kind of style of cheese, but really tasty. Oh, that sounds awesome. And, um, and then he makes a couple uh, sort of, he makes like a Cascaval and, um, and some feta. And, and then what we see a lot of down here is, uh, is the yogurt. They do a lot of yogurt. And... Uh, and it's all it's all really nice stuff, really good quality uh product and 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 fairly fairly widely available I think around the country I mean certainly in New York there's got to be people that have it up there i'm sure but um but a really nice uh, nice cheese and he's sort of the the biggest of the operations I would say yeah um yeah. our other local cheese maker is uh Belle Course farms, and it's run by a woman named Wanda Barris uh-huh and she has a uh, a, a small herd of goats, and she, she's kind of, she's really a, she's, she's a really wonderful, uh, unique personality. She, she has all these little businesses that she's in, and she, you know, she keeps goats and she makes goat cheese, but she also sells like exotic birds and does all these <laughs> other things. But she, but, but her goat cheese is really nice, and she makes it uh, seasonally. And the vast majority of it, uh, uh, of it, she sells at the um, uh, Baton Rouge Farmers Market because that's kind of closest to where she is. Uh, but we get a little bit of it in, in the shop here from time to time. Really nice. Most of what she does is some fresh, you know, fresh uh, uh, goat cheeses that she flavors with herbs from her own garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but she does a couple of ripened varieties as well that are, uh, I guess you could say, sort of French style varieties of, of uh, uh, you know mold ripened goat cheeses. Uh, very tasty. But I think her fresh stuff is the best stuff that she does. It's really, uh, really elegant and and flavors and natural and, and just beautiful um, and then the, the the folks in Mississippi is um, are, are the 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 Riles uh, dairy and how, they how do, do you spell Riles is it r-y-a-l-s okay and uh, they do both goats and cow's milk cheese but but 
they're really best known for their goats, uh, goat's cheese, and they've just started producing. They, they make a lot of sort of fresh chefs, but they've just recently started producing um, a raw goat's milk cheddar. They call it. They haven't uh, actually christened it with a <laughs> with a, a more distinctive name than that, so they just call it the goat cheddar. <laughs> uh, and it comes in uh, these sort of ten or twelve pound uh, wheels, and it's really fantastic. It really is fantastic stuff. And we've we've just started. Um, They've just started it this summer, and, and uh, we've been selling in the shop for a while now. And it's it's a really wonderful cheese, really wonderful. And um, we've enjoyed kind of getting to know those guys as well. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, people come in and ask us for local cheeses, and we, we have, unfortunately, a relatively short list. Beyond that, you know, we have to go pretty far away before we start getting into into more cheese production. So. Now, what about, um, what about Creole cream cheese? Creole cream cheese is a funny thing, you know, and that's uh, a, a lot of the dairies in town, the Smith Creamery, which doesn't make cheese, but they make, uh, you know, milk milk products and cream and Creole cream cheese, as does John Fulce and, and a variety of other producers, make this stuff called Creole cream cheese, which, of course, the, the first day we open, people come in and say, oh, you sell Creole cream cheese? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're um, like, I've been in London for five years. I don't yeah, know what you're talking okay, about. Let's try something else. But, uh, you know, I kind of got to know what it is. It's one of these things that, uh, you know, you, you serve it. It's, it, it's, it's, I guess you could say it's sort of somewhere between like a mascarpone and a creme fraiche kind of thing. You know, there's all those sort of fresh, cheesy kind of products like creme fraiche and fromage blanc and, um, you know, like Philadelphia cream cheese, all those products that, you know, various forms. And Creole cream cheese is, is one of them. And, so, you know, after getting some of this stuff in and, and, and trying it, it's quite good. Um, but you have to have it when it's absolutely fresh. We started selling it a little bit in the shop. And people would come in and they'd say, do you have any Creole cream cheese? I was like, as a matter of fact, we do. It's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I love that stuff. Of course, I make my own. And I was like, well, uh, okay, so that's fine. Well, that's great. And I, and, I, and, I, and I have to be honest, we don't sell it anymore because literally everybody that would come in and ask for it would ask for it. They would look at the box and they'd say, well, you know, I make my own. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like that is so rare, especially because, you know, I feel like maybe people's grandmothers might have made varieties of fresh cheese, you know, back, you know, 50 years ago. But to still have people making cheese at home, that's really rare. I haven't heard of that kind of a tradition really um, anywhere else. So that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, no, it is. It is cool. And, you know, that's that's one of the one of the things that we really, uh, really loved about the city of New Orleans and really we're excited about coming back here is that. There are people like that, and and you know the food traditions in 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 Louisiana and and southern Louisiana and New Orleans run very deep. I mean, people take you know have their own little family rituals and processes that they do that that you know they will you know never let go of. <laughs> uh, and it, it it seems that one of those processes is making Creole cream cheese. So uh, so we don't actually sell it, but. Uh, but you know we've had it from time. Every once in a while we'll get a little bit in, but it's uh, it's 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 good stuff. But, and uh, is there a specific kind of time of year that the Creole cream cheese comes out more than others, or is it kind of just a staple throughout the year? People really dig out when uh, during strawberry season. Strawberry season is kind of a big deal in uh, in Louisiana. People get very excited about strawberries, so we see a lot more people asking about it during that time of year. So. Cool. Very cool. And well, so I wanted to, yeah, let's talk a little bit about food traditions and, and maybe dairy traditions in, in Louisiana. I mean, obviously, um, the French had a greater influence in Louisiana than probably anywhere else in the country. But it seems like there hadn't been too great of a history of, of dairy in the state, which I guess makes sense because it seems like the most of the land is, is sort of on the swampier side. 
Um, but do you know um, about, I don't know, did the French have any influence? Uh, are the food traditions of Louisiana sort of geared towards cheese in any specific way, or did it kind of take a different form? Well, that was, you know, that was, again, that was a question that we had. We wondered about that because uh, if you look at the typical menu and restaurant today, um, or I should say, before we opened anyway. Uh, but if you look at if you look at a if you look at a typical uh, restaurant menu in New Orleans, cheese was just not not a feature. I mean, that was not something that was as a you know as a menu item. Certainly, a lot of recipes in in, in New Orleans, uh, including many famous ones, in, in, incorporate particularly Parmesan, but sometimes other cheeses. But but it's not something that would people think of as a as a as a standalone kind of thing. And in fact, I asked. Um, uh, John Fulce about that, and John Fulce is, um, among other things that he does, he's, he's, he really has, I'd say, uh, taken on the role of, of, of native food historian, and, and if you've seen any of his cookbooks, there's as much history books as anything. Um, and I asked him, I said, you know, why, you know, why is there not a greater cheese tradition in the city, uh, or in, in, in southern Louisiana, with the, the Spanish and the Italian and the French uh, all having significant contributions to the, to the, uh, to the culture here, uh, why'd they leave the cheese behind? You know, and he's, he, he didn't really have a, 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 an answer for it, but he said that the two things that I think um, um, uh, contributed to it, one was the fact that the, 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 the food uh, food culture here is heavily involved around um, uh, seafood because of, of proximity to the Gulf, as you would expect, yeah. and, uh, and a lot of pork because they were easy to keep in, in the in the climate, the terrain that we have, and not quite as heavily into uh, uh, dairy. But of course, there are dairy cattle, um, you know, located around the city now. But uh, but also, he said, as a as a being the the, the port that it was, a lot of times what. You know, the cheese was just brought into the port. They didn't make it locally, and they just brought it in. They used to import it. They they import the wheels of Parmesan and other things. Uh, and it never really it never really caught on as something to do as a local uh, local business. I mean, the climate would just make it difficult. But again, I always find that a little bit of a stretch because you think about you know the climate in in southern Italy is pretty darn hot there, and uh, northern Italy it's hot, and southern France it's hot, and Spain is hot everywhere. So it's you know. It, it seems like it's something that, that, that could have been done, but uh, just I think by virtue of the, the you know, people that were coming here early that didn't have the uh, access to, you know, mountainous terrain in which to build caves to ripen cheese in or, or whatever it is, uh, turning to seafood uh, exclusively, it just never, it just never, never grew here. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, seafood and pork, it's very rare to see those served with, with cheesy, you know, accompaniments of, of any kind. They really don't, and you know, as you, you know, I, 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 of course, put cheese on absolutely everything and anything I can think <laughs> of. But, uh, but you know, I, I always sort of marvel that uh, how, how the you know Italians would really turn up their nose at the idea of putting cheese on top of any kind of seafood dish. I mean, they just don't do it. You don't put cheese on top of a seafood pasta or risotto or something. It's just not something that's done. Um, of course, I do it all the time because uh, I like cheese on everything. But, but you know, it just it. I guess it just didn't fit. But now you you know you go around and, and you see a lot of cheese incorporated into you know many famous um, dishes in town. You know, oysters, Rockefeller, and those kinds of things all have Parmesan. Uh, okay. Parmesan in it, but um, but but it but it never was something that was a, 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 an indigenous thing, uh, and it still isn't. I mean, there there are very few very very. Limited cheese production anywhere in the uh, in the Gulf South. I mean, there are a few, but not many. Um, 
Yeah, I was wondering, you know, uh, we were talking with uh, Alice Burchino of uh, Sweet Home Farm a couple weeks ago when we were yeah, talking well, about... Yeah, there's one, there's one, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and we were talking about the, the Southern the Southern Cheese Guild, and I was wondering if there was... Or the Southern Cheesemakers Guild, um, and I was wondering if there's any kind of association for dairy at all in, in Louisiana that would sort of be similar or complement that. Not that I'm aware of, but I, I do know that a lot of... Uh, a, a number of the chefs in town are involved in the Southern Foodways Alliance, which um, which kind of draws on everything, but not something that is specifically dairy only. At least, not that I'm aware of. Mm-mm. Okay, but yeah, no. And Sweet so- Home Farm is funny too because they, they, you know, again, that was something that people asked us about from day one, and I'd not heard of them. And uh, they don't wholesale; they just they sell whatever they do. Yeah, um, no. through through the front door, pretty much. I know they have the most unique business model I've ever encountered. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, I don't know. What about uh, what about raw milk in Louisiana? Um, can you? I know the rules vary from state to state. Can you buy it in stores in Louisiana? No, it's no? Sort of strictly a pasteurized milk uh, state. That's having said that. Obviously, but, you know, raw milk cheeses are permitted to be uh, uh, permitted to be sold, but both John Folsom and Wanda pasteurized all their cheese. The Riles do not pasteurize. Uh, they make that. A raw milk cheddar that they're able to sell, but but um, they they're not able to sell their raw fresh uh, goat's milk. Although we've often inquired, sort of if they could arrange anything on the, <laughs> sort of on the DL, but uh, but so far we haven't gotten any of that in either. Yeah, yeah. Goat yeah. milk is goat milk is so delicious. Yeah, yeah. No, it it really is, and their goat's milk is absolutely wonderful. And uh, there's a fellow that works in the shop here with us. Uh, that's made some cheeses with their, uh, you know, some little goat cheeses with their milk uh, on his own. And there are a few chefs in town, actually, that make some cheeses uh, with the Riles goat milk um, that they serve in their restaurants, but uh, but all with the pasteurized stuff, not with anything raw. Oh, that's interesting. So would you guys ever consider making making cheese in-house, or is that kind of out of the question? Are you more just on the, on the retail and, and wholesale side of things? Well, you know, it's something that people ask us about all the time. I mean, given our name, a lot of people's uh, a lot of people, you know, assume that we 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 manufacture cheese and we don't. And because the full uh, title is St. James Cheese Company. Company, yeah. It yeah. Just, we just liked the way that sounded, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's obviously very confusing to people. But it's uh, it, it's it's something that um, you know, I think. Um, it's something that I would see uh, us doing in in, in the future. Uh, as I as I said before, when we when we opened uh, and things kind of were, were were much busier more quickly than we expected. Um, what I had thought was an abundance of uh, cold storage when I opened the place rapidly turned into a not shortage. <laughs> um, and uh, and actually, it was probably only about. Ooh, ten days ago now that we finally opened up. Um, I don't say opened up, but 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 switched on a uh, our, our first expansion into cold storage. We uh, basically overnight um, probably tripled uh, the amount of our cold storage space here. Um, Congratulations! I know what that feels like I, I having know, not seen, enough I've cold seen, storage. I've seen your cave, and it's got, it's got <laughs> it. sometimes that's got to bother you. At, at Christmas time, I wonder, which always scares me when I when I look at that thing. In the last couple of Christmases, I was like, I can't go through that. How again. can we do it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got this. We, we now, as of very very recently, now have all this um, space, and we're still kind of tweaking the the environment to try and 
make it work the way that we that we want. Um, but uh, you know, we, we were actually talking to our, our uh, to, to to Bill Riles uh, about you know getting getting a little bit of milk over here and playing around with it. Um, but I think we'll wait till we get to the other side of the holidays before we do too much of that. Oh, that sounds like a good plan. Well, we'll have to have you back on the show, uh, you know, in six months or a year and see see where everything has progressed. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but um, I just want to thank you so much. I, I mean, I feel like I really did learn a lot about Louisiana food traditions, and, um, and, uh, and it's wonderful to hear how you guys got started and your amazing success since. So um, we will uh, hopefully have you back on the show very soon. Great. Well, thanks, Anne. Thank you very much for asking us on the show. We've we've uh, we've all enjoyed listening to it over uh, over the years. So it's uh, it's it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. Oh, sure. And um, actually, before you go, um, will you give everyone your website so uh, so they can find you and 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 learn more about your your wonderful business? Uh, absolutely. So uh, our website is uh, pretty easy. It's www.stjamescheese.com. And uh, there's lots of pictures and information on there, and there's even a link that you can follow through and click and buy stuff. But, uh, yeah, stjamescheese.com, and if you want, send us an email and ask us anything you like. Fantastic. Well, um, we will be back next Sunday with another episode of uh, Cutting the Curd. And uh, for now, this has been the State, of che- the State of Cheese in Louisiana. Thanks. Thanks. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby.